Hi guys, it's Abu Bakr, and thanks for tuning in to Thoughts at 30. Today's episode is a very personal one. The things I'm about to talk about, I have shared with maybe two people ever in my life. It's about the power of a single connection, the power of one, and lessons that were so moving that stay in the mind forever. So this was the year 2005, and I was in the second year of O-Levels in Pakistan, which is the equivalent of a high school sophomore here in America. In late September of that year, my parents enrolled me in after-school tuition classes for Islamic studies at a local academy, because I had a board exam that year for that subject. I remember my first day at the academy, I walked into the place went to the second floor and found the classroom. It was just a two-person class. The teacher, me, and M. There's people that you meet in life sometimes that are just different. You instantly know this person isn't like everyone else. For M, it wasn't just her idiosyncrasies. It was everything. The first day of class, she arrived after I did. We just exchanged a glance and didn't speak at all. Our teacher just went over a couple of chapters of the textbook we were using while we both took notes. After the 45-minute class, I packed my bag and headed towards the stairs to make my way down. I heard, you forgot your water bottle. It was M speaking. I responded, oh wow, thank you. So we started walking down the stairs together. She asked me, did your parents sign you up for this too? I said, yep. But it's only 45 minutes, three times a week. Not too bad. M responded, time is precious. Uh, I guess, I said, wondering why this 15-year-old was trying to be so philosophical. Anyways, I'm M, she says, I'll see you tomorrow. And she got into her car and left. As that year went on, me and M started getting very close. We had the same birthday, on the same year, and we were born maybe 10 minutes apart. We both liked the color blue, Linkin Park, Taylor Swift, Pineapple on Pizza, and the TV shows Lost and Sheep in the Big City. We even had the same mobile phone. It was like having a twin when you don't have a twin. We would hang out for at least an hour after every single class and just walk and talk. I remember the first week I met her after our third ever class together. Me and her walked to the nearby market to get some fries. On our way back, this young street beggar boy asked if we had any money. M asked him what he needed the money for. He said, I needed to feed myself and my family. So M asked the boy to walk back with me and her to the shack that we just got the fries from. She gave her entire 800 rupee a week allowance to the shack owner and asked him to use it to give food to the boy whenever he asked for it that week. And for every week the rest of that year, M did the same thing. A few months after we met, she invited me over to her house one weekend. She had set up a small classroom in her front yard, 
but she would teach English and math to the kids of the domestic help that worked in her house. And not just any English. M was 15. The six kids she was teaching every weekend were all 8 to 10 years old. And she was having them read and quote Shakespeare. At 15, my life outside of school and tuition was playing Pokemon on the Game Boy, eating pizza, playing football and cricket, and watching TV shows. M also played Pokemon on the Game Boy, ate pizza, played basketball, and watched TV shows, but also taught the underprivileged on weekends, spent all her money on charity during the week, and instead of talking about pop culture and gossip like most kids our age, talked to me about spirituality the origins of the universe, and the importance of time. One day, I said to her, you go to school and tuition at the academy over the week, and you're doing this on the weekend. You never go meet friends or go out to eat because you're always preparing lessons or giving them every weekend. Don't you ever feel like you need a day off for yourself? Time is precious, M would say. I responded, you keep saying that. Don't you think you deserve some of this precious time? M kept a really pretty journal in the side pocket of her bag. She took it out and opened it in front of me for the first time ever. She went to the first page and asked me to read. It was just a quote. And in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Abraham Lincoln. She asked if that meant anything to me. Sure it does, I said. I'm not saying time isn't important. I'm just saying you can enjoy and do something for yourself sometimes too. M loved astronomy. She was obsessed with space and the solar system. She would study the stars and planets and always be excited to show me Jupiter and Saturn and Mars in particular whenever they were in our hemisphere. M had three cats, by the way. Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. M also loved spirituality. She was the first person that ever made me question things and not take stuff at face value. Unlike Christianity, in Islam, Satan wasn't an angel. He was a different species called jinn. Our teacher even told us he was an angel one day in class, and that's when M asked the teacher how Satan disobeyed God because angels were not supposed to have free will according to Islamic scripture. The teacher didn't have an answer. 15-year-old M then went on to explain the origin of Satan to our Islamic studies teacher, about how he was indeed not an angel, but a jinn. That was one of the most important days in my life. It made me question my beliefs and understand that not everything that you hear from parents and teachers is is necessarily the truth. M said that beliefs should be based on personal research and your own reason. She showed me another quote from her journal. This one was by Buddha. It said, believe nothing. No matter where you read it or who said it, no matter if I have said it, unless it agrees with your own reason and your own common sense. I was in awe of this person, and not because of any romantic feelings. It was because we were the exact same age. 
We were born on the same day at the same time. We were both just 15. Yet M had empathy. She did charity. She had social responsibility. She had knowledge about life, religion, and wisdom on most things. She was kind to everyone she met. And never did I ever hear her use a profanity. She would quote Napoleon and Gandhi and Oscar Wilde on the norm. And she could sing, she could dance, she could write. It was just amazing how people could be the same age, yet someone had used their time so much more wisely and better than um, me, I guess. That summer, we both gave our board exams and aced them. A month after the board exams, we both turned 16. I sent her a pop-up book about the solar system, and she sent me a leather-bound journal and a prayer book. The leather-bound journal was my intro into writing, and since then I have never looked back. The prayer book is a green book of generic prayers that aren't centered around any organized religion, so people of all beliefs can read them. It has prayers on all sorts of topics in simple, relatable English. And over the last 15 years, this book has helped me with my own spirituality and brought me closer to God. I take it everywhere I go. In the summer of 2008, M said that she was moving to Canada. My heart sank like someone dropped a boulder on it. Why, I asked. She said, I have to. What about the kids, I said. What about uh, me? She said she got into a really good program at a school in Canada. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. When did you even apply? You still have a year of school left to do over here, and why didn't you run this by me? You tell me everything. M fumbled a bit and said it just flipped her mind. M didn't know how to lie. It was against the very fabric of her being. So I asked, what's going on? This isn't you. She took a deep breath, looked at the sky, looked back at me. She took her journal out again. She read the quote out to me from the first page. And in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Again, Abraham Lincoln. She said, I wrote that when I was 14, the day we found out that I was sick. In all this time, M never told me about her illness. That summer, she heard bad news from the doctor about it, and her family decided to get her treatment in Canada. I think after she told me, my mind and body froze for a few minutes. It was like my life was an 18-year-old movie and someone at that moment had flipped the whole script. I said, I don't know what to say. I've known you for three years. Why didn't you ever say anything? M said, there is no sensible or logical way to talk about this. It just is what it is. Time is precious. M left that summer, but we always stayed in touch. We texted every other day, 
and would Skype at least once a week. When I moved to Chicago at the end of 2009, whenever I was able to go to Canada, I did manage to visit her. The last time I saw her was in 2012 in Toronto. We watched the Silver Linings Playbook and jammed out to Hear You Me by Jimmy Eat World for hours. M passed away in late 2013. She had her sister mail me a letter that she had written prior to that. This is what it said. Hi, A.B. Abraham Lincoln said, And in the end, it's not the years in your life that count, it's the life in your years. But I'm guessing you already know that by now. I didn't keep saying to you that time is precious because I might have not had much of it. I kept saying it because it's just true. We don't have enough time in this life for jealousy, grudges, arrogance, or anger. These things take up precious moments for no value. Life is for loving, for listening, for sharing pain, for comforting hearts, for laughing, for passing on knowledge, for creating art. You are my best friend, my brother, my twin. I care about you more than you'll ever know but you need to promise me you'll make the most of every moment you have in this strange universe. Please remember to always be kind like you were always kind to me. Please remember to always listen like you always listened to me. Please remember to be sensitive like you were sensitive with me. Be the kind of brother you were to me and be the kind of friend that you were to me. Time is an illusion. Life is a dream. Harsh like smoke, sweet like ice cream. Every moment is one last chance to learn to play, write, and dance. So laugh, love, listen, and learn. Where we begin is where we all return. When times get rough, always believe Ones who give shall always receive. Go on, my friend, live out loud. Make people smile, make me proud. Make art where there were only scars. I'll be watching from Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. See you again someday soon. M. I wasn't very kind. I wasn't a good listener. I was maybe sort of sensitive, and I definitely wasn't the best brother or friend. M was good at all of this, and I can try to learn from that. Listeners, time is precious, and friendship is precious. Seven years on from M's passing, I still haven't really used my time efficiently or been the best friend to people. It's a constant learning process, but the lessons are engraved deeply into my mind. Let's all try to get better at this. And at 30, I think it's even more important. On July 4th, 2021, when I'm 31, 
I really hope I can look back at the last year and tell myself I used my time well. And I was the kind of friend to my friends that M was to me. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next week.